I was on the ground, like I was on my hands and knees. And I was just thinking like, oh, it's okay if I just stop right here. And then I, after like two, three seconds, I heard you guys like yelling at me, like get up. And I was like, oh yeah, I need to get up. That's how this works. Welcome to Moyi, the first platform created to educate and inspire Muay Thai fighters and enthusiasts. We aim to pave a clearer path for those that need it the most. Equal pay, equal spotlight, equal opportunities. Muay Thai for Hello and welcome to Moying the podcast. Today's topic is denial. Today we have Belen Bode on the show. So Belen is a Muay Thai fighter. She's been living in Thailand for a few years now, mm -hmm. since 2020. Yeah. Since 2020, right before the pandemic. <laughs> she moved here right before the pandemic. Uh, she's had a few fights, both in Thailand and overseas, all while holding full-time jobs, interning. Or studying for your masters. So, and she's a very, very good friend of mine on top of all of that. So, uh, thanks for coming on to chat. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. How has your week in Voitai been? I just came back from the Netherlands. I just spent a couple of weeks with my family and, uh, yeah, just got back and getting back into fight training. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, I'm really happy to be back. And yeah, it's good to be back. Nice. So today's topic is denial. But before we get into it, I want to give like a little bit of a crash course to the listeners of like who you are, the Dutch tiger, you know? <laughs> so, you know, tell us, how did you get into Muay Thai? How did you, you know, where did you find your roots and how did you find your way into Thailand and everything? Yeah. So I'm originally from the Netherlands. Uh, that's really where I grew up, but I moved after my studies to Germany mm -hmm. and when I moved to Germany, in my street, there was a boxing gym. And I had a flatmate, a roommate at the time, who started training there. And he was like, this is really cool. You have to come. So, yeah, I came with him and started boxing first, just like as a fitness workout. And then I really liked it. I was pretty consistent with my training. And at a certain point, there was a girl from my gym who was preparing for a fight. And, yes, they asked me to be her sparring partner. Mm -hmm. So I started sparring. And I was like, this is even cooler. Like, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. is so dope. And so that was like your first time sparring anything and then you were helping yeah, her prepare for yeah, that. Exactly, okay. What was exactly. that like? It was just so overwhelming. <laughs> so I remember I was sparring for like one minute and I was just like exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dead. And, but at the same time, like it was just so overwhelming and so exhausting. But at the same time, I was like, this is just, this is just so cool. Like, mm -hmm. this is just, like the, the, I think you know how it is, like the feeling that you have when you spar. Um, and later on, when I started fighting, it's just, it's like nothing else. It's mm. like you're, you're, you're the, uh, how do you say it? Ex exceeding your limits. Like yeah, you're pushing yeah. your limits. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. So I started sparring and at a certain point, my trainer was like, well, you want to fight? Like, yeah, why not? So you went from not training, but sparring and then going to fighting. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. a little bit not the traditional route of what people usually take, but that's interesting. Yeah. 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 I think it was really because of that girl that needed a sparring partner. And uh, I think the trainer saw that I liked sparring and that I got better. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, you just need to try fighting yourself. 
So, yeah, I did this. Do you remember what was like the first time you got punched in the face? Do you remember what was like the first time you got punched in the face? Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just like, it's weird, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, but it's just like also the adrenaline and everything. Like, it's By great. the way, do you want to fix it? Oh, uh, right. the other side. Ah, other side. Yeah, I always just sound like that. Everyone needs to see you wiping <laughs> off your mascara. <laughs> Yeah, so started boxing, uh, had a couple of fights, and then moved to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And there, yeah, I already started jiu-jitsu when I was in Germany. Mm -hmm. Exactly, always started jiu-jitsu. Moved to the U.S., continued jiu-jitsu, and also started doing MMA. And from that sort of transitioned into like kickboxing Muay Thai. And that's really, really where I found my passion. That's really like the martial arts that has my heart, basically. Right, right. And yeah. And your very first like area of competition. What was it? Was it boxing or it was, was boxing. it? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I had, I think, four boxing fights or something mm -hmm. when I sort of transitioned to other martial arts. There weren't many girls in Germany at the time, of at the time, it was only five years ago. But that made the competition also for boxing difficult. Mm hmm. Mm. And how did you find yourself, you know, going from all those places and now you're in Thailand now? Like, what? Yeah. how did you get to Thailand? Yeah, so I had a friend, actually, my trainer friend, Raphael, who already competed in Muay Thai and he already went to Thailand to train. And he was like, you know, if you're really serious about this, you have to go there just for like a month or something right. and see, see if you like it and improve because what you can do in a month in Thailand... You know, it's the same what you can do in a year, basically, in normal training. So I did that back in 2018 and uh, went for yeah, a month to Hua Hin, to Sichipo. Mm -hmm. And there had my first, like, Muay Thai fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in, like, one of those local stadiums in Hua Hin? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That was five rounds or? Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really wasn't any good at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, like, the QF, the trainer there, the head trainer, the owner... He was like, you can do this, you're good enough, and uh, it's a good experience. And, and that's really what you need, right? Just right, a trainer to exactly. Like, you're not going to get killed. Absolutely. Okay. And I'm looking back, it made a lot of sense. Like, at the time, I was like, how can I fight? Like, I'm really not good enough yet. But, yeah, no, it's, and I won, like, which was crazy for me at the time. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I loved it. Just, okay. I really liked it. Uh -huh. And, yeah, that's where already, like, the idea came up. To really move there, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but obviously it's a big decision with work and everything. So you were in Hawaii for one month yes. at that time. Okay, yeah. so one full month, and then you went back to New York for yes. yeah. And you were like, hmm, should I? Exactly, okay. exactly. So then already the idea was like, oh, maybe I should move there. Yeah. So then sort of the idea came up. Went back to New York, back to my job, and then in the end, like a year later, I made the decision to quit my job and to permanently move to thailand yeah in january 2020 okay okay and uh it serendipitously also coincided with you trying to get your master's too right yes yeah yeah so i think i would like to do something besides my the training and fighting and i also needed a visa so then i thought you know i can maybe combine and then with the master because first the idea was to do like a language course, but then I was like, I'd rather do something that I really interested in. Mm, so that would help you with your career as yeah, well, right? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've always been very interested in politics. Like I have a background in criminology, 
but I've always been interested in politics, so I decided to do international politics, international relations at the Webster University in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And that was a really good combination, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And especially when COVID hit, when obviously we couldn't train, it was great to do something besides the training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind sharing, like, what do you do for work? So at the moment, I work for DKSH, which is an, basically an import-export company, market expansion company, and I work in compliance and specifically focus on financial crime. Mm-hmm. And so that's crime like corruption, fraud, yeah, those type of the topics. Okay. And I worked in Siemens. Some drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's sort of for every, anyone who has seen, oh, I forgot the name. Ozark? Ozark. <laughs> 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 We've seen Ozark. That's a little bit what it's like. So like corruption, money laundering, fraud. Yeah. Drug dealing. Sometimes. Mm, she can't say. She doesn't want to yeah. get killed. <laughs> um, okay. Well, is there anything about yourself that you kind of want to share before we get into our topic or? Mm, no. No. Okay. So, well, I'm sure a lot of things will come up. So today's topic is deniability. And I wanted to have this chat with you because, well, one, we're good friends and I feel like this topic has come up time and time and time again. For us, both as fighters, as women, and as just people, and I think there's just so much overlap between all of those factors and also the topic of deniability, right? So let's share the last time like something minor happened where you were in denial. Okay, if you, I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got back to Thailand this last time, it was raining a lot, and then I started feeling under the weather, and I was like, oh, it's the rain. It's fine, right? <laughs> a week and a half later, I'm like, it's like getting worse, right? So then what just started off as just a cough. Next thing you know, I was getting congested. I had like a runny nose. Blah, 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 blah. And then this whole time, like I was just getting to the groove of training and stuff. So I was like, oh no, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm definitely not sick. And I just kept going to training. <laughs> and then there came a point where my trainer was like, are you sick? And I was like, no, it's just the rain. He's like, but your voice is different. I'm like, no, it's just the rain. And I really believed it in my head. And then now it's like, I like kind of just got over it too. And I'm like, oh no, I was definitely sick. <laughs> but I felt like if I admitted it to myself on the spot, that it would have unleashed all these things like, oh, well, now that you know that you're sick, you should probably rest. You should probably not do this. You should probably not do that. All these things I just wasn't willing to give up. Mm. You know, I mean, it was just such a small thing, but yeah. especially if a titan <laughs> tells you <laughs> that yeah, you're sick, yeah, and yeah. you're probably sick. Yeah. 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 I think last time, definitely with my jet lag, like my latest jet lag. So I, because I travel a lot for work, but at the moment, not so much anymore, but in the past, I did travel a lot for work. And like the last couple of months I've been traveling back and forth to Europe and back to Thailand and I tend to just ignore jet lags I just don't want to sort of admit that they're there (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and also like over the last week like also then with my work like I just tend to sort of pretend that it's not there but then actually I'm really tired and Mm -hmm. I don't really adjust my schedule like my just stubborn about it, yeah. right? You're like, it's not going to get to me this time. <laughs> yeah. How's it jet like now? It's okay? It's okay. Yeah, okay. Yes, 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 yes. So how would you, just given like the minor stuff that we talked about, and I'm, we're going to get into like the more major stuff later, mm-hmm. how would you define denial or being in a denial? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, denial is not being honest to yourself. I think that's really what it's all about. That you're not honest to yourself about what you're feeling and what's best for you. And also not honest with yourself with reality. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Not, not honest with reality and not honest about yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I was looking it up earlier and uh, in psychology, they actually call like, they actually categorize denial as a form of like a defense mechanism or a coping mechanism. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Can, you can see that though, right? Yeah, like I, I read it. I was like, oh, that totally makes it's, sense. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing about denial is also like, it kind of like, I'm not sure if looking back at all my experiences, I can't even like villainize it or say it's like a good thing. Like, mm. I feel like there's just so much like gray area in between. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's definitely benefited me in some yeah. ways and in other times it definitely has not. But do you see any like good things about yeah, denial sure. and any bad things about it? Yeah, for denial sure. Denial and any bad things about it? Yeah, absolutely. I fully agree with that gray area because I think, I mean, for the both of us, we're very like goal oriented and by sometimes not fully admitting to that you're tired, you know, if it comes to training or that you're just not feeling like too well. So like mentally, it gives you the ability to just move forward, right? To not just keep trucking on. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely think there's a benefit to it. Yeah, it's really a double-edged sword. Mm. Mm. When has deniability, like have you seen instances of deniability in yourself or maybe in others where you're like, hmm, that's not healthy? that's not healthy but it's not healthy yeah of course yeah i mean like the big thing i think we come to that but i definitely think also when it comes to like mental issues like even with myself like oh you have like what kind of mental issues just mental issues yeah, like if you're not happy where you are or where during covid for example yeah during covid like it was difficult for me to admit that it was hard basically and especially when my injury came, like, it was, yeah, hard to admit that that was hard. Yeah. So, and there, I think denial is definitely not good. Mm. Yeah. I've seen it in, like, a lot of people, especially, I guess, people, I guess we would call, like, narcissists, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of being honest with themselves and be like, hey, this is a shortcoming that I have. This is something I need to improve on. They constantly blame mm, other people or it's like, oh very it's point. this way because you did this to me you know whatever but that i feel like it's just like a i guess another form of mm. being in denial just in denial of your own ah, shortcomings and stuff also. right i guess another form of mm. being in denial just in denial of your own ah, but that's a good point also yeah when people that's and especially also with work for example when you work with people who are in denial about certain like improvement areas yeah yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. definitely yeah that's also a good example mm -hmm. and would you like to share like a major incidence where denial just really changed the trajectory of your life in a way? Yeah, so definitely the big point of denial, like event of denial, has been my knee injury. So in March 2021. 2021? Yeah, March 2021. Okay. Yeah, I tore my ACL and my meniscus. It was a week before a very big fight against Doc Maipa on Superchamp, and I... And for anyone who doesn't know, Dr. Maipa is like, <laughs> she's legit. <laughs> she's had like 
way over a hundred fights and she she's a she's a southpaw she's been fighting for forever mm. and this is a huge match for Balin but Balin trained really hard for this definitely yeah I mean we trained together for that fight like I trained for months and months because actually I was scheduled to fight somebody else back in December mm -hmm. and that fell through so I basically had been training since my other super champ fight which was in November November 2020 so I've been training for like four or five months for for that fight and also at the time I almost finished my studies and I wasn't working so it was really the only period in my sort of fighting career where I didn't have anything to do on the side so I was really only training I was improving so much and like condition was mm -hmm. like amazing yeah. so then in uh yeah a week before the fight during my last sparring session a sparring session that I shouldn't have done anyway. It's also a big it's learning. Too close to the fight. Too close to the fight. <laughs> made no sense anymore. Right, right, right. But it was against one of the best, best southpaws in the, in the gym, Pet, Pet Focus. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I want to just get that last sparring session in. I want to be, you know, as prepared as possible. Mm -hmm. But then he caught my leg and I twisted out of it. And then I, yeah, tore my... You... Later I realized I tore... Well, I didn't realize it later, but like... So did he sweep you or did he catch it and then your leg just kind of went weird? I think he was going to sweep me, but I did, because I was going to twist out of it, he didn't sweep me. But he, the idea was that he was going to sweep me. Yeah, but then obviously I got, I felt something popping in my knee and then he obviously stopped, but I, he caught my leg and he was going to sweep me. Okay. Did you fall? I think I fell. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I felt right away that something was wrong mm -hmm. but and i was in pain but i wasn't in that much pain that what did you think like what was your first thought like after that whole thing with pet focus i thought i knew something was wrong mm -hmm. i wasn't very familiar with like acl meniscus injury so i didn't know at the time that it was that mm -hmm. basically but i did feel something off something very off yeah yeah so then I stopped sparring, obviously. I tried to continue sparring, but that obviously didn't work. And yeah, I went home and I actually called my physiotherapist in the US. He actually said, I think it's something with your ACL. I think there's something wrong with your ACL. You might have tore it, torn it. And then I was like, no, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How can you say that? How dare you say How that? Dare you right? say that was like you're so a week before my fight. How could you? <laughs> Gosh, yeah. It almost feels like an insult, right? When it you was, hear yeah, I, when you hear was, like news yes, that yes. drastic, yeah. It's like you, <laughs> you with all your licensing, all your schooling, you know nothing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then I just sort of parked that thought. <laughs> Right, right, right. I just need to focus on, focus on my fights. And then actually there was one other trainer, Kunum, in the gym, who, who, who said when he saw me kicking and training after that happened, he said, ligament, ligament. So he probably also already kind of had a feeling. Of, knew, had a feeling, or had a feeling that there was something wrong. I felt like when I was kicking after that, like there were times where I just, where my knee just gave out. Like mm. I just, I couldn't kick mm -hmm. anymore. And this is like a week before the fight yes. or two weeks before. 
yeah, a week. So on Monday of the fight week, basically, the fight would have been so, on, sun, mm, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So less than a week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to jog back my memory because I was at the gym when it happened. Yeah. And then I remember you going like, oh, you like didn't want to say what happened, mm. but you're like, something happened with my knee and you kind of just like stopped there. Mm. And then a couple of days later, you were like, it's not anything, right? It's not anything, right? If it was something, I would know, right? I would like, it would yeah. be very <laughs> obvious, right? Because I wasn't in so much pain anymore, remember? Mm-hmm. Like two mm-hmm. days later, like the pain was gone. Mm-hmm. And I think also looking back, it was a very clean tear. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've heard stories of people who like are just in excruciating pain, right, which I right. was not. So it was a very clean tear. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I remember I was saying to you like, it can't be anything mm-hmm. so bad because I can still walk mm-hmm. and I'm not, not so much pain. Mm-hmm. And I can still sort of kick. Like after a couple of days, I could sort of like, I found a way to kick. Yeah. And I just didn't, I wanted to hear from you, like you're fine. So I just, I think I phrased everything in a way that the only thing that you could say you're going to be fine. Looking for that kind of validation yeah. for your thoughts, yeah. right? So then at the time, I also didn't believe that anything was wrong. Mm-hmm. I'll admit, mm-hmm. like, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I've just heard and I've also seen from a lot of like videos and stuff that when usually when people have stuff happen to their ligaments or tendons, it's like there's a lot of bruising that happens. Except, yeah. And you didn't have, you, bring you didn't have any of that. Right. You have you no bruising. Yeah. You didn't even really swell. No. So then that's when I was like, oh, it was just like a sprain. Yeah. I truly believed in my heart yeah. it was a sprain. So when you asked me those questions, I also knew that you really, really wanted to fight and yeah. you were not going to yeah. give up that fight. Yeah. Even if you did tear something. Exactly. So I then, so then it was like, yeah. For me, it was like, well, the thought of you tearing something, yeah. I didn't believe it. But if it was, it was like, all right, we can deal yes. with it later. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I was totally in the same boat as yeah. you. Yeah. And my physiotherapist actually also said, when I asked him, can I fight? He was like, <laughs> if you can fight, you can fight. Like, if it's torn, it's torn. So he was also like, you shouldn't fight. He didn't say that. No, he's, he, yeah, exactly. He, he kind of like, said it was up to you. Yeah, kind of up to way, me, right? yeah. And you already had your heart set on it. So yeah. you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to yeah. fight. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And then? That's a good point that you bring up, yeah, that it wasn't bruised. I mean, I also did all the right things right there. I did like right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like massage mm-hmm. and everything. So I was able to sort of reduce the swelling. Yeah. But. And then how did the incident happen? Yeah. You trying to kind of deal with oh there's might be something going on with my knee but my fight is on sunday kind of thing yeah so bring us to the fight right so during that week yeah i just tried to ice it as much as possible just keep it moving a little bit so that it didn't get stiff but last couple of days just focused on my weight cuts and i just fully parked the thought that there could be anything wrong with my leg mm-hmm. uh, my were you able to run uh yeah, during the weight cut able, and stuff? Yeah, okay okay yeah. and no pain or anything right so all of these like little things, they kind of just reinforce your idea. Exactly. Of nothing exactly. was wrong, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm able to run. Like how could I run if it's tall? Right, right, right. right. So, mm-hmm. And then weight cut went fine, and I felt pretty good. Like also on the day of the fight, mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, besides my knee, everything else was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Like the, the camp has been perfect, but I obviously I still felt like that. I was very insecure about my knee. I felt that it could just give out when I would kick. Mm-hmm. So then on like the evening of the fight, just, yeah, everything went as planned. Um, or like before the fight, not during the fight. But I, uh, I started the fight 
Well, actually, maybe it's shall I tell? We didn't cut this out, but like, uh, like uh, with Doc Mapa, like her interaction and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. share whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean, what was it like fighting like a world champion <laughs> with like twenty times the amount exactly. of experience you had? Like that on itself was yeah. such an invaluable experience mm -hmm. because she, before the fights, like she was so like relaxed and so like also like during the weigh-ins, like she came on her own, like she didn't have her trainer with her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, completely chill also towards me, like super nice, like as all the, you know, the Thai girls are. But, um, so she, yeah, she was also very nice. And, um, yeah, you saw that she was very relaxed and very experienced in that sense. Even that she came off like a, a long layoff. I noticed that she had one sort of, um, how do you say that? Like, she hadn't fought for a while. She actually fought a month before, but that was just like a, like a warm like up a local kind of thing, yeah. event. So this was really her big sort of comeback fight, like mm -hmm. on Super Champ. Yeah. So I was like, well, maybe she is like a little nervous, but none of that. You didn't sense any of that, no, right? No, yeah. No. <laughs> and even on the night itself, like she, uh, she wanted to take a picture, like right before we went into. <laughs> While you were like nervous, you're like, ah, so nervous. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, let's take a picture. But, like Game, the owner of 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 uh, PK, the son of the owner, and um, uh, with with her trainer. And I was like, why do you want to take a picture? Like, right when we right, right. sort of walk out to the room. But anyway, so that was, was interesting. And then, like, the fight started. And um, she, right away, basically, kicked me, like, really hard. Okay, again, she's a southpaw. <laughs> so it's that fucking left kick, that annoying left kick. <laughs> oh, it's like a fucking baseball bat. Ooh. So she kicked me, like, right already on the liver. And then she looked at me, <laughs> like, just checking if that would, like, hurt me. And I think she saw right away in my face that it obviously hurt me. Mm -hmm. I've obviously never fought somebody who is so, like, experienced and kicks so hard. Um, so that sort of really took me by surprise and, um, she kicked me a, c a couple of times and, uh, at a certain point she kicked me so hard that I, that I, that I, I dropped mm -hmm. and I got an eight count and yeah, I remember, I mean, you were in my corner and Rafael was in the corner of the project, but I remember at the time that I was, um, I'm not crying. It's just my, it's crying. <laughs> 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 I remember at the time that I, I was on the ground, like I was on my hands and knees and I was just thinking like, oh, it's okay if I, you know, if I just stop right here. And then I, after like two, three seconds, I heard you guys like yelling at me, like, get up. And I was like, oh yeah, I need to get up. That's how this works. Mm -hmm. So, I, <laughs> But I just like never felt so much pain just in my life, to mm -hmm. be honest. Like, mm -hmm. I was just get, getting... Hit in a liver like that is just something else. And you, it's truly like your body is just fully shutting down. Yeah, yeah, It's just yeah. like your whole body is just like, it's just... I, I read dumb. some stuff about why that liver shot mm. just like cripples people. Mm. And it, it literally just starts shutting down your body. It does, is, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's not... It's an alarm sign to your body mm -hmm. like... Hey, we got to stop what we're we doing. What yeah. We're doing. It's not just the pain to the liver that, that exactly. is bad. It's exactly. your, literally your entire right. body is like, whoop. Right. Right, right, right. We got to reset. Because if you see like fighters like normally getting kicked or being in pain, that you have a pretty good way of sort of masking that. But once you get kicked in the liver. I mean, it's an organ. There's no amount of training is going to prepare you for exactly. that. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody 
I did not come actually. He, he wrote to me after the fight. He's like, you can't condition the liver. You can't. That's really what it is. Um, but I was just, I'm up to that point. I, I never felt pain in my fights. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. Like, I, I don't, like, I don't have this thing. Nothing like, affects me. <laughs> Nothing affects me. <laughs> so that was kind of a reality check. Uh, but then I got up and continued to fight. But then she dropped me again in the end of that round with a knee. Um, again, in, in the liver. So it was sort of a second liver shot. And, um, but luckily that was in the end of the round. So, um, yeah, went into the break. And it's great point of work from you mm-hmm. <laughs> and from Pachai and Raphael, uh, who just like completely like sort of reminded me what I was going to do in this fight. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go for it. And mm-hmm. I was going to use my combinations and my right kick. Um, which obviously wasn't as strong at the time anymore because of the injury, but still like th- that's what I needed to do. And that's what I did in the second round. And I felt like completely sort of recharged mm-hmm, in the field mm-hmm. and, uh, went into the second round and that went actually quite well. So I really put her on the back foot and mm-hmm. landed some, some shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she caught me with an elbow mm-hmm. and then the ref. Stop the fight. Even though you could have kept fighting, 100%. and and the the, the cut was not even that big. No, no, it was no. like it was like a pity kind of. Yes. Oh, we're gonna just wave it off kind yes. of thing. Very upsetting to everyone. Very upsetting. Uh, there there was a uh, a moment in the fight though. Um, I saw your leg give out. Yes. I think I think she kicked your your leg. Yes. And then your leg kind of was. Like, yes, mm. and I remember. I think Rafael also said that like my the first kick that I threw, uh, I felt like my my leg my knee giving giving out. And I, he saw it on my face because I was like, oh, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. feels very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I felt that that's the strange thing. You remember how you sometimes dream before you fight that you can't kick anymore, that you can't fight, that you're in the ring and that you're oh, fighting. Oh, yeah, 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 can't. yeah. And that's exactly what it was with my, with my, uh, with my kick that I was kicking, but it wasn't really doing anything. Mm. And I remember that also in my last fight, on the, the IFMA uh, tournament in uh, December 2021. December 21, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I did the same thing. Like I was kicking, but I was just like, it wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you had the Dokmai Ba fight, and then you had another fight in uh, the Netherlands. Yes. And then and then you went to IFMA yes. in Bangkok, yes. right? You were on the IFMA team yeah, for the correct. Netherlands. Yeah. So you went, you, you fought on three different events. After you injured your knee. Correct. And how was the fight camp for all those, like... Yeah, you find a way to work around, like, the injury. And at a certain point, you know um, what you can do and what you can't do. Okay. So, yeah, you, you find a way to live with it. And still, I have always been in denial up to February this year. Mm-hmm. That, that there was something really wrong with my knee. Um but I still knew that there was like something that I needed to sort of work around. But um, I actually went to the physiotherapist, a physiotherapist in the Netherlands, and I had him obviously check my knee out. And he he actually said, it's, it's, it's probably fine. It's probably just a small tear in your MCL um, and maybe a small tear in your meniscus. But you, you're going to be fine. You can train, you can fight mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I worked a lot obviously on my rehab, on like even the rehab then for like a small sprain, but like 
um, on my, on getting my legs stronger. So at some point, my legs were also like strong enough to kind of work around the injury. And this is all before you had it confirmed that yes. you actually like really, yes. really injured yourself. This especially was when I was in the Netherlands and I was training with, uh, with Robert Ouellette from that train in, in the Netherlands. We focused a lot on like strength training and, uh, we just had a really great camp. Um, yeah, a really great camp for, for my fighter. So I was just very much in shape. And again, I knew how to work around uh, the injury. So yeah, I was able to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this whole time you felt like something was off of your knee yeah. and you yeah. just ignored it, ignored it, ignored yes. it, ignored it. Yeah, I had like once a month, I would say that I, um, during sparring or clinching, that something happened. Uh, like it twisted in a, in, a, in a strange way or I got sweeped or somebody caught my leg that I was like really in excruciating pain but then only for like 10 seconds and, and then, then it would like go away and you're like oh okay I'm fine exactly mm. I would ice it sometimes even the next day I was fine mm-hmm. it took me like a day or two days mm-hmm. uh, but also looking back I think that was my meniscus like further tearing basically because mm-hmm. my, my ACL was torn for sure but uh, I think my meniscus was like a little bit torn, but that has been tearing then over time. Mm-hmm. Because then after the IFMA tournament, so in December 21, then I think my meniscus was tearing further and I couldn't walk anymore. So, mm, so it got worse. I got right, worse. It got worse. worse. Okay. I couldn't walk up the stairs anymore. It was like my leg was, my, my calf was fully bruised. Bruised? Yeah, yeah, fully bruised. Okay. From the pain, from the overcompensation uh of of the injury basically mm, mm. and i was still training at the time i remember i went to, again to hua hin for a couple of days to train at Sitiapo and i remember my just my calf was completely bruised right, right. just from the overcompensation right, right. and then i was like i can't walk anymore and even the physiotherapist another physiotherapist in, in thailand in bangkok who checked it out said no it's probably just a small tear in your meniscus Right. But then they're just saying, well, probably because without an MRI, exactly. no one really knows exactly. for sure, right? Exactly. Yeah. So then you basically just kept training, kept fighting until you literally couldn't anymore. I, could, I, could, and then, I, literally, I couldn't walk anymore. Yeah, you couldn't, couldn't even, even be run, functional. Yeah, even, yeah. I couldn't function in mm-hmm. daily life anymore. Yeah. And I remember also at night, like there were nights I couldn't sleep with mm-hmm. the pain. But that always would go away. So that was always the thing. Like it would always go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But then, yeah, in, so in January, basically, in January this year, 2022, I said to go to the doctor, to the hospital. So that was kind of when you were like, all right, there might be something here. Yes. It's been, yeah, it's been too long. It doesn't yeah. go away. It gets only worse. Yeah. And it was like t- 10 months after the injury too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And then I went to Bangkok hospital and I got an MRI. And then <laughs> I remember so well. I, I went into the to the, the surgeon's office after the the MRI, and we looked at the picture together. And he was like, "Your ACL is gone. Like you don't have an ACL anymore, and your meniscus is basically completely torn." And I went in there with the idea like, "There's probably like a small tear in my ACL." And like like what everyone's been telling you, right? right, right, right. And I thought, okay, it's more than a sprain, mm-hmm. but it's it's. It's still probably a small tear. Right, and then right. he was like, it's gone. 
And I was just like, what? Did you tell him he was wrong? It's <laughs> <was> like, can <laughs> you look again? <laughs> I don't think you're right. Oh, and then I started crying, like, really, like, like a lot. Yeah. And then he was like, don't cry. Like, we can fix this. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. he was really, like, positive. We can fix this. Uh, it's in that sense, it was a, a clean to air. Mm-hmm. And also the meniscus, like, it's something that you can... Um, fix and like the knee on itself was was fine mm-hmm. like it was not that the bones or like the whole like the things around the knee I don't mm-hmm. know it, like that there was something wrong with that so it's just a matter of like fixing it and then uh yeah it was like it's, it's, it's gonna be fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i hope you don't mind me sharing this but you called me after you got the results <laughs> yeah, and you were like you were bawling <laughs> And something else I also remember, you, you were so angry too, understandably. Hmm. You were angry hmm. at yourself yeah. and you were, you were Very. also, I think at the time, just projecting some of the anger yeah. onto like, oh, mm. these people told me this, these people, I shouldn't have listened to them. Mm. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. Like looking back on that now, what, yeah. what, what would you say about that? Yes, I was very angry mainly with myself. And I think that fits also my personality that I'm very, very hard on myself mm-hmm. and on the things that I need to achieve and how perfect it all has to be. And obviously then looking back, I'm like, I should have just gone to the doctor mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I even had insurance, like Dutch insurance at the time. Like I was in the Netherlands for like four or five months where yeah. you had obviously excellent insurance and coverage. And then... I later had Thai insurance, which covered a little bit of the surgery and all, but it was also let's also like financially, it was just like a very bad deal. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. But yeah, no, I was very angry with myself mm-hmm. and very. So at the time, I didn't see any good coming out of it, and now I think very differently about it. But at the time, I was like, I'm just such an idiot. Mm. Yeah. At what point were you? Did you realize that you had been in denial the whole time? That point, like that point when... When the doctor told you what happened or before that? Mm-hmm. Or after? No, no, when the doctor told me. Like before that, I didn't think... Oh, I to say. No, I was... I remember also when I was in the Netherlands, my mom kept saying, you need to go to the doctor. And even my trainer, Robert, he was like, you need to go to the hospital. And I at some point also said to them, you need to stop saying that to me. Because I'm not going to. And the, the physiotherapist said, says that I'm fine. And, and also you didn't want to know. I didn't want to know. You didn't want to know. <laughs> so I I was just very strongly in the now. Yeah. So I only really realized it when, when the doctor told me mm-hmm. it was torn. Then mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's worse than you thought. Yeah. So much worse than you yeah. thought. Like I truly went in there thinking it was just a small tear. Right. Yeah. And then March 2022, uh, you got reconstructive knee surgery for your ACL meniscus, right? It came the day that the Ukraine war started. Ooh. <laughs> so February 23. What a <laughs> landmark of a oh, reminder. Yeah. yeah, so then I got my surgery. I also hesitated, should I go to, uh, back to the Netherlands mm-hmm. or, or stay in Thailand? And at the time it was just the fastest way to do it in a, in a, in a good way was to do it in Thailand mm-hmm. and I found a doctor so at the Bangkok hospital who uh, is basically he's the guy he's like the ACL slash meniscus surgeon 
in 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 Bangkok, he does all like the, the professional football players, etc. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah, he's good. Like his English was obviously very good, and he was very reassuring. Um, and his credentials were great. So I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, you, you, I remember you telling me like, yeah, the surgeon was very positive about the outlook of this. Yeah. So it was such a nice. I thought it was such a nice contrast to like. Because sometimes being in the denial and you receiving such bad news, sometimes it just kind of seems like a big cloud, right? Like a cloud that's been over your life, in your case, for like 10 months at that time. And then he's like that little ray of sunshine that's like, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, did it help you kind of accept the truth a lot easier? 100%. Mm -hmm. And also the whole experience in Bangkok Hospital was amazing. Just the type of care that you get. Because obviously, like a private hospital, so it's it's actually much better uh, than I would have gotten in in in, in the Netherlands. I mm. think the, the surgery on itself would have been the same, I, I would say, but just the whole like experience around it felt was was very nice. Like okay. it felt that I was like in a hotel. Mm, like, uh, mm. The whole pre care, after care was was very good, and also even the, the physiotherapy at the hospital has been very good. So. I think all in all, it was like a, it was a good decision to stay. Yeah, to, to do it here in, in Bangkok. Yeah, and it definitely helped with with the whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did you like kind of prepare yourself mentally when you knew you're like, all right, I'm gonna get surgery. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be able to fight for a while, yeah. and this is what my recovery outlook looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily, I got a job offer for the job that I'm currently doing. Um, was back in was October, September, October. 2021, 20, right? 21, mm. exactly, to start in November last year. And obviously because I knew with my knee, I mean, I was still now, but it was like very much like something very wrong, but I knew that, that it needed time to recover. So I was like, well, then it I can also like then work on the side while I'm recovering. So luckily I took up the job, uh, yeah, already. So I knew that was a good way to sort of do something useful with the time that I can't train. Mm-hmm. And um also, like, at the same time, mentally, like, I was very much preparing for not being able to train and fight. And I was very realistic about that. And um just, I have a great support system. Like, I have you here, of course, and I have my family in the Netherlands uh, that I have, I have really good relationship with and I have a lot of friends in the Netherlands who were like all very much ready to to support me so that also really got me through like the first couple of months because especially like the first six weeks were very tough Mm -hmm. just the pain that I was in Mm -hmm. and um, just not being able to do anything and you're feeling at the time just to prepare anyone who is going to go through this it feels that it's never going to be alright like that that it's not going to be okay I don't know know who's saying yeah yeah but it feels that it's just permanently broken. Mm. Like you're, you're like, how can this ever be okay? Yeah, because you're in so much pain, and it feels like completely. Hopefully, it's it's being uh, there was surgery, so yeah, it's, it's recovering, like, recovering, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that also like mentally is pretty pretty tough. Mm-hmm. And then as your you know knee was healing from the surgery and stuff like that, were there any points where you kind of were just like. Aside from like, oh, when is this ever going to get better? Like, do you ever consider like, mm, maybe I can't fight again? Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, 
not no, not one second. Not one second. Yeah, you you you're pretty set. You're yeah, like, 100%. it's gonna happen. Have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. I yeah. love that. <laughs> and although I've always thought, and I still think, like I can't control everything. Like, and that's that's also like a big takeaway from the mm-hmm. injury. Like you you cannot control everything. Like it might be that my right knee is gonna like. That something's gonna happen. Hopefully, never. <laughs> not right. Like it, it could could happen. Right, right. You never know. You never know. So mm-hmm. that that I'm very realistic about that right now. But um, with this, with everything that happened with my with my left knee, um, like yeah, I I'm very determined mm-hmm. to to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So excited for yeah. you! Wow. <laughs> um. So just listening to your story, I, I, I was, I, I thought about, um, what you said about facing Dokmai Ba and that mm. whole fight camp and mm. then you being dropped and then you just like getting back up, right? Mm. Do, do you feel like in a way that was like maybe yeah, deniability yeah. actually helping you in a way? Because on paper, yes. right, it was like, oh yeah, Balin's going to get destroyed. But then things like you put that all aside mm. and you were like, I don't care. I'm going to try this. As hard as I can, I want the experience. I want to try to win, mm. even though your chances are really small. Because yeah. like, I'm going to do it anyway. And yeah. you get dropped, go through the, the most amount of pain you've ever been through in a fight. What happened in your head that you were just like, you know what? I can do this. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for me, there has never been a question to give up. Like in. Mm-hmm. You know, none of my fights, but especially not like in this fight, which was one of the toughest fights mm-hmm. to date. And I was like, this, but this is what fighting, what fighting is all about. Like that you're in like the most compromising situations and that you move forward. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's where I think for fighters, it gets really hard to admit like when things are not going well or when you have injuries, for example, because we're always told, and that's also in our cells, in our personality, to move forward and to not admit that you're, that you're in pain, right? Like mm-hmm. we're always told when you're sparring or in fighting, you shouldn't show that you yeah, that you're poker in pain. face, right? Poker mm-hmm. face. And you shouldn't complain about if you're not feeling well. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're being told. And that's, that's also part of our, personalities as fighters that we just are uh that we don't admit those things to ourselves Mm -hmm. so and i think that's really where it went wrong with my knee i also remember now that somebody told me uh before my fight or told me like we were talking about my knee i said yeah she this person uh asked me about how i was feeling and i was like i had a great camp but i my knee feels a little bit off so that bothers me a little bit. And then she was like, also a fighter. She was like, well, nobody's going into the ring 100%. I yeah, like, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I hear that yeah. all the time. And I mean, it's it's true. But yeah. it's like you said, there's a certain point where all those things stop serving its purpose and it starts harming you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Where, where, where do you think that point is? Because for me, I still find it really hard to distinguish sometimes. Very hard. Yeah. Very, very hard. And I think... I think, yeah, oh yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a really hard question. Yeah. That's a really hard question. I think if you're able to fight, you can fight. I just think when it would make an injury so much worse by fighting, I think that's where maybe I would draw the line. So even in this case, like, it was already torn. So, like, mm, like mm. something, it couldn't get worse, basically. Right, right. 
but and you didn't even I, I mean you didn't even have it confirmed at that time right so you didn't have that info information exactly. accessible to you you're just making a decision based off what your heart wanted yeah yeah even like Francis Ngannou like the heavyweight like UFC champion he tore his ACL I think also like a week or something before his last fight championship fight championship fights against Sirogan and he went in there with with the brace fighting so he knew that his ACL was torn mm, but he wanted to do it anyway yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so but it's it's so hard yeah when when are you when is it too bad to fight basically yeah like when when do you tell a fighter who has a true fighter's heart like or how, how do you expect them to tell themselves, hey, you shouldn't do this, mm, right? Yeah. Very difficult. Um, learning experiences from all of this? Oh, so many. So many. Well, first of all, just appreciation to train and to fight. Like, I'm so happy to be back in the gym and to fight. And to train already. I'm not it's, a, it's a good reminder that it's a privilege. Oh, it yeah. Is. It is. So that on itself is is great. Then uh, definitely listen to your body. My goodness, it's, your body does talk to you, right? It's just, it's just a matter of whether or not you totally, want to listen. Totally. <laughs> and I think also connected to that, also like your mental state of being is also really important. Like it also pushed me to work on some like mental topics uh, mm-hmm. because yeah, listening to your body is also listening to your, to your what's going on up here, yeah, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that. Um, and also just the importance, I kind of knew this already, but it's a good reminder of like the strength and conditioning, especially for women in Muay Thai, uh, because we tend to have less muscles than men, but it's really important that you have like a, like a strong basis, right? Um, so also the takeaway. Mm. Can I add one more to that, if you don't mind? Of course. Get an MRI <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to confirm yes. or deny yes. everything. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm, I, get an MRI. I'm sure all of the healthcare professionals who thought it was not anything more than like a slight tear. I'm sure they had just the best intentions, but at the end of the day, they just they can't say for sure. I right? still don't fully understand why. Yeah, why my physiotherapist, especially in the Netherlands didn't say well if you're in doubt just get an MRI mm. like he almost like convinced me I hope it's not the same <laughs> I, know, I know you did your best and that you're a nice guy but like, <laughs> like I don't understand why he didn't just say get an MRI because I was time after time in his office saying yeah I'm in pain I'm, I'm in pain, pain I'm in pain right um and then still he was like, oh, it's probably fine. Mm. It didn't arrive. Yeah. <sighs> well, um, was there anything you'd like to discuss about being in denial that we didn't get to discuss or something you want to bring up? Mm, I think especially for fighters, like we're so conditioned to be tough and to not complain. Um, and I, I think that can be, um, I think it's a word, like a, like a, like a, like a No, it doesn't use Like a double-edged sword. Yes. Would that be a good way to put it? Yeah. Or? Th- yeah, mm-hmm. basically. It's double-edged sword. It's like, we already discussed it earlier, but it's, yeah. Yeah, we're, 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 we're trained to be tough. Like we are 
often naturally tough people, so we don't want to complain. But it's yeah, it's really important to be honest to yourself mm -hmm. and to listen to your body. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So be tough, but also be honest yes. and have them work together instead yes. of okay. yes, right? Yes. Okay, nice. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, how can the listeners learn more about you, find you on social media, anything else you want to plug? Uh, well, yeah, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Belen underscore NYCC. Um, and yeah, I hope to fight again soon. Within the next... Two three months, I okay. think. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, so fairly I'm soon. Aiming for like November, December, um, and um, yeah, I was in the Dutch team for the first time, like on the last IFMA World Championship in, in December twenty one, and I'm maybe I'm gonna participate again. Okay, uh, exciting. And yeah, start focusing on my fighting mm -hmm. more. Yeah, so I'm really excited about the next next months, next year, and. Um, yeah, just really looking forward to just progressing in training and getting stronger again mm -hmm. and improving again. So, yeah, and I think also now post-COVID, like, it's it's a great time to fight. Like, there's so yeah. many... You, you, it's, I think it's easier right now to kind of make more definitive decisions of, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go yes. there, as opposed to, oh, we'll see, yes. right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. It also reminds me of COVID. Like it was hard also after COVID to to be to have the injury and to to also then admit that I had to come back because it was also the time when we would get more events, mm, more mm, events, more mm. fighting opportunities. And I was like, you just wanted to grab. This is not the right time to have an injury. <laughs> <laughs> How inconvenient, me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, everyone listening, you can follow Baylin on Instagram, B E L E N underscore N Y C C, where you can stay up to date, uh, with her training and her potential future fights. Uh, they're going to happen. Just not sure when yet. Um, yeah. So thank you for coming on to chat. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> And, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm Angela Citan, A-N-G-L-A-S-I-T-A-N. You can also go to moidashing.com for more articles on training in Thailand, fighting, mindset, uh, weight cut, things on, you know, women in Muay Thai, things like that. Got any questions? Just let us know. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Moi Yi, the first platform focused on those in the Muay Thai community that deserve more attention than they get. For more information on training, fighting, living in Thailand, and other episodes, please visit moi-yi.com. This is your host, Angela Chang, signing off. See you in the next episode of Moi Yi.